Welcome back to Yeah, that can't be good. A rewatch podcast of the sci-fi original series Eureka. Let's get going. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 5, Episode 12. Double take. Double take. Original air date, July 9th, 2012. Sorry about that. <laughs> the town's communications system goes haywire because the smart dust control unit is broken. Meanwhile, the bioprinter vanishes and Holly behaves strangely. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Margaret Dunlap, Nina Fiore, and John Herrera, and directed by Matthew Hastings. Hi, this is Vicky, and I'm back with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey. You expect me to believe that people are being body snatched? I know how it sounds. It sounds like you're stupid or stoned or both. We votes for both. Just think for a minute. Has anyone you know been acting strangely? Not themselves. <sighs> Tuckman didn't show up for work today, but he's always had a lazy work ethic. And here's the quick cap for Season 5, Episode 12, Double Take. This episode begins where the last episode left off. We know that Andy, Jack, Henry, and Joe have all been compromised by Holly. The smart dust is still putting a glitch in communications, and Zane has been arrested for hacking the evidence against Grace. Allison knows that there is something wrong and is concerned when she finds Carter and Andy leisurely having coffee while all this is going on. She becomes more concerned when she notices that they seem to be more interested in watching another random member of the Estrella's crew than stopping the smart dust and listening to her concerns about people not acting like themselves. Henry helps Grace escape and Zane is released from the brig. Allison, Zane, and Fargo work together. Allison determines that the people acting strange have not been compromised, they have been swapped. Zane and Parrish meet up with a duplicate Parrish, and after Zane blows up the duplicate, they work to create a Z-wave bomb to take out all of the duplicates. Parrish's plan for him and Zane escaping GD with the bomb fails, and they are taken. Holly is tased and captured by Fargo after she tries to lure him into the woods, and Allison, with the help of Sarah, captures the fake Carter at the smart house. Allison loses Carter, but escapes the Matrix people by crashing through a roadblock and running into the woods. She is saved by Fargo when she sees his car coming down the road. They meet at the cabin and realize that Zane must have been taken. They need to find where Holly is keeping all the originals to see if Zane still has the bomb on him. They decide to dump Holly in the woods and follow her when she comes to. They follow her to the warehouse and manage to get inside unnoticed. Fargo gets caught trying to download a program to control the smart dust and has to make a run for it. Allison finds Jack and tries to revive him, but has to move on to Zane and the bomb. She retrieves the bomb, only to be confronted with Matrix Jenna, long enough for Matrix Carter to grab her, making her drop the bomb. Original Carter saves her, and they run for the bomb in a closed room. They manage to escape. Fargo is surrounded when he hits the button on his PDF and makes it night and runs into the woods, only to be caught by Deputy Andy. Carter and Allison decide that they can use the satellite dish at the cabin to amplify the bomb's effects, but they have to lead the NPCs closer to the cabin. They arrive at the cabin, Allison goes up to the loft to connect the bomb while Carter tries to hold off Matrix Carter and the rest of the NPCs. Allison finally gets the bomb connected and sets it off. All of the NPCs outside of the cabin and at the warehouse are rendered unconscious, or maybe we'll say they were shut down. 
Two weeks later, we find Allison and Carter putting the MTCs in stasis, as technically they are life forms. We find out that Holly has been in a coma the entire two weeks and does finally come out of it with no memory of anything that happened after her arrival in Eureka. Major Shaw informs Carter, Allison, Joe, and Zane that the DOD is cutting its funding. 2GD and Eureka will be shut down. The Army trucks come rolling in. The department appreciates the remarkable work that's been done here in Eureka. Been done? I'll give them the latest incident in breach of national security. The department's terminating its funding of global dynamics. Why? For how long? Permanently. We're shutting Eureka down. So what did you think about this episode? I actually remember this episode pretty well. I mean, during during the course of rewatching it, I had forgotten a lot of the show, but this episode actually I remembered and I, I was I remember I thought I remembered it being earlier in the series too. Oh really? Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, you know, maybe season four or earlier earlier in this season. I didn't realize that it was the second to last. What part of it did you think was earlier, or the whole thing? The whole, the whole thing, the whole oh. double, you know, taking over with fake people and stuff. So I thought it was pretty good, but you can kind of tell that it was coming to an end. It seemed like they were trying, the writers were trying to cram in as much as they could into the last few uh, few episodes. So this would have been the series finale. This would have been the end with them saying the town shut down and the trucks rolling in, and that would have been it. Okay. Yeah, I think that would have been a bad idea. Yeah, I would not have been happy after watching five seasons. You would have to just leave it to your imagination that the town actually is going to shut down and where all these people are going to go. Well, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they've decided to shut the town down because it's been a long time coming. I do remember you saying that exact same thing. Well, you're not being sarcastic. No, I'm not. I, I really think that it's a good idea that they stop letting all these really, really smart people live and work on their own without any real oversight because the DOD only knows of the major stuff that's happened when they've been involved. They don't know of the daily stuff that happens. True. So I think it was, it, it's a smart idea. I am, I'm glad that it didn't end this way with this episode because I think that would have been a terrible way to end. Yeah, it would have kind of ruined the whole series for me anyway. Oh, I don't know if you remember, and I forget what episode it was. It might have been Jack of All Trades when they were brain swapping. Okay. You were saying that, you know, all these things are happening to everyone, but Grace is the one who's making it all about her. Yeah. Once I published an episode on our Facebook page... I go and look for reviews because there's a lot of reviews. There's people who've recapped the whole series. So I go and look for reviews to post, you know, of the original run of the show. But I don't read them before we record or before I post them because I don't want it to influence me. Yeah. But I was reading one, and I don't think it was for that specific episode, but they were talking about Grace. If I could find it again, I'll link it to our website. But they said something that didn't occur to me and probably didn't occur to you either. It said, and I'm paraphrasing, it said, this is the third time Grace is confronted with somebody else wearing Henry's face. Which, is, if you think about it, that's true. The third time. I think she said the third time, but I don't know if that would be the third time. It would be, you know, he came back from another timeline and it really wasn't her Henry and she was... Oh, you mean in this episode, this last episode? Well, in this series, 
you know, first she had to deal with him coming back and lying to her however long he lied to her about being yeah. her Henry until yeah. she found out. And then pretty much that's like her Henry's dead. Right. She's lost her husband. So there's somebody else wearing Henry's face. And then we go into the Matrix and there's somebody else wearing Henry's face. So yeah. that was their explanation about why Grace had so many problems with everything that yeah. was going on. I could, yeah, I can see that. And so now, during this episode, this is the third time somebody's wearing Henry's right. face because yeah. Henry comes to get her out of prison, and it's not Henry, it's Matrix Henry. Yeah. I just remembered that. It was weird when I read it. I was like, oh, I never thought of that. That's true. So we thought she's overreacting. Can I develop a complex? Yeah, I don't really think she's overreacting as much as we originally thought she was overreacting. So what do you got? You know, it all happened so quickly. There was no indication of anything going on. You didn't really see people disappearing and then coming back. But all of a sudden, like when they went into the hideout, I guess, yeah. Allison saw the room with all the people lying down. You know, like, when did that happen? I mean, all of a sudden you see everybody at GD acting strangely, but it seemed like it went from zero to 60 in, in no time. Right, and again, they don't give us a time frame, so we don't know yeah. how long this has been going on, but... Yeah. And I was confused with Will Wheaton. Why? Well, because it seemed like they would kidnap somebody and then replicate them. Or they would have somebody in hand before they would release the, you know, the double. Yes. So why did they have him walking around Being... when they didn't actually capture him yet? Right. And that was in my notes, too, because last episode, Skip and I were speculating... We first we were wondering why they were keeping him alive, and we you know we figured that it's to use their intellect. But then we were speculating like Joe's double was made before they captured Joe, except that Joe's double you never really heard her say anything until after they captured Joe. Yeah. So we don't know that she had Joe's personality. It could be construed that she didn't yet. She was a blank slate. Yeah. So we kind of went with that. We were thinking they needed to swap out the person. To, to get all their memories, because that's what they made it look like. Except right. Parrish. That didn't make sense. Yeah. Because Parrish was not swapped out, but this replicant, as you're calling them, seemed to know Parrish. He knew who Zane was, he, you know. Right. So he seemed to have Parrish's memories and things already. So, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me at all. So I don't know if they already had Parrish's personality stored somewhere but then my the way i thought about it is the only reason they would swap take one and release another one is so there weren't two walking around you know well yeah i mean that's that that was part of it that was part of my thinking yeah but the rest of it it doesn't make sense i thought last week when skip and i were talking about it i thought it made sense but now when you see parish being parish it doesn't yeah and then you know, when they had to release that EMP and Allison was hooking it up to the satellite, they had to try and get everybody in the area. What about all the people that were still at GD? That was also in my notes because I didn't understand. I thought when they said we have to get them to follow us, yeah, it was because the satellite isn't going to amplify it as far as whatever else they were going to use to begin with. Yeah, that was the idea. But once they blew off the bomb... You see the people near the cabin go down, but you also see Holly at the warehouse go down. She was at the warehouse. Okay. 
So that didn't make sense either. Why did they need to be close when it reached the warehouse? Yeah, I don't know. So we have to assume that it also reached GDs. I'm still not sure why they had to have them follow them, why they had to be close, because that doesn't make sense. Right. I feel like they were maybe rushed. You know, I think they were kind of painted into a corner. Yeah. And uh, they just had to figure it out, you know. I mean, maybe there's another reason that I'm missing, but I don't know. That didn't make sense to me. And later that week... So you know how we were talking about we didn't know why the replicants had to get close to the cabin? Yeah. I was thinking earlier on when Henry was describing to Parrish that he would become part of a hive mind. Okay. Okay, so I know you don't watch Star Trek, but the Borg, have you ever heard of the Borg? No. Okay. They were a hive mind. They were a collective. Okay. Everybody shared all of the same knowledge. Okay, I get it. So I think, and it's only a, a theory, they had to get a few of them close to the cabin, and if they're affected, it affects the hive mind, and then everybody's affected. Okay. Makes Does that sense. make sense? Yeah. All right. And now, back to our podcast. You got anything else? Now, without knowing how it ends the next episode, because for some reason I can't recall it all, so I'll have to go back and watch it, but you know what happens to Holly and her memory being more or less erased? Yeah. Up to a certain point. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it comes back, if they figure out a way to bring it back in the last episode. So at least her and Fargo have a nice ending. I, I kind of feel bad for him. I did too, yeah. It's like uh, Henry losing Kim 50 times. Yeah, this is like, what, the third time? Something like that, yeah. So I said in the last episode, it was weird because it happened in this episode too, that Allison is the one who figures everything out on her own. Yeah. Which I'm not saying she's not capable of doing that, but we haven't seen that happen. Usually she's working with Carter or Henry, and she's figured it all out before Zane, before anybody. I mean, it's good, but it's it's just different. It was, it was a weird pairing to write her and Fargo in, the two people working together. Yes, and I have that in my notes, too, and I liked it. It was actually a, a different pairing to have her and Zane working together, too. Yeah, it was a, kind of like a, a strange reason to have them together working right. on this without Henry, without Carter, without Joe. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a nice change of pace. It was. It definitely was. And I have to point out that even the Matrix Larry is eating all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Matrix Carter is supposed to be evil, but if he's supposed to be out and about trying to convince people that he's the real Carter, why is he so creepy? I don't know, but I'm surprised that he hasn't been casted in more creepy roles. Well, he was in Haven. You should watch Haven someday. He was horrible. Was it, like, horrible as a person? Or no, he was horrible character? as a character. He was creepy. He was yeah. evil. Yeah. Because he, really, he does a really good job. He does. And what was that with his tongue in the car? I don't know. What the hell was that? But, like, with the girl in the elevator? That was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, very. I don't know if it was... If he, did that on purpose, almost look, you know, like a predatorial? Yes, that's what I mean. He was creepy like he was a, a predator, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. But you still like him, huh? That doesn't... Uh... <laughs> it does bother me. It bothered me when he killed Holly in The Matrix, even though I knew it wasn't him. It bothers yeah. me a lot. But yes, I still like him because I think he's hilarious. I think he's the funniest man alive. Yeah, because usually you, you hold something over someone's head. <laughs> when they uh, play a role a certain way. I do. 
but I get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. Sometimes I get over it. My favorite parts of the entire episode are the Zane and Parrish pairing. Yeah, that quick scene where uh, Parrish thinks that they could sneak through, and then the next scene they're captured. <laughs> that was hilarious. The NPCs think that I've been replaced, right? So as NPC Parrish, I put you in handcuffs, and I walk you right out the front door as my prisoner. I don't know, man. Come on, Zane. Dude, it'll be just like in Star Wars when Han Solo put Chewie in handcuffs to fool the Imperial cards. In this scenario, you're Han Solo? Yeah. Trust me, Zane. I was born to do this. Can't believe it didn't work. Seriously, dude? You're an asshat. But even yeah. all their scenes. Come on, Han. Time to encase you in carbonic. Oh, he's only kidding. Actually, we're going to insert a bioabsorbable scent made of polylactic acid into your bloodstream and then hook you up to a giant hive mind. Forever. That is so not better. It's when, you know, when Zane has to kill the fake parish. Yeah. How did she know that it was it? Me. Really, you wouldn't trust me. You dematerialized me. Yeah, what happened to non-lethal weapons? Oh, that one's a work in progress. Yeah, you don't say. I taste like chicken. I just loved that pairing. It was great. It was the old Zane and Fargo pairing. Right, and it was like one of the only light spots of the whole episode. Yeah. A flux compression generator bomb. Nice. Yeah, when it's time we flip that switch inside and our doppelgangers. You know, Donovan, I have always maintained that under proper supervision, you are not completely incompetent. Well, damn, Parrish, that's probably the nicest thing that you've ever said to probably anyone, actually. The other one being Kevin's reaction to Allison when she gets to the smart house and Carter's there. Yeah. We could go somewhere. Alone. Subtle, Mom. Dang, get a room. From saying he has to stay upwind from his grandfather. Okay, that's not vacation. All right, that's me staying upwind of Grandpa all day. I mean, he needs to lay off the chili. I'm Honey, sorry. Honey, just pack quickly, please. Now. Hey, Mom, why are you tripping? To asking to keep the clone. Yeah. It's a long story. Sarah, how did you know? My CT scan also included a DNA analysis. Although it matched Sheriff Carter perfectly, his cells are only one day old. You mean he's a clone? Sweet! Can we keep him, please? This is Jack's evil twin, not a puppy. But then, again, Carter was so creepy there, and Kevin doesn't pick up on the fact that this isn't Carter. I mean, maybe he wouldn't pick up on the fact that it's not Carter, but he would certainly pick up on the fact that something's wrong, yeah. So I didn't get that, but the Kevin scenes and the Zane Parrish scenes kind of lightened up the episode a little. I wonder if maybe the reason why Carter, the fake Carter, was acting that way was because he knew that Allison knew what was going on. And maybe it's got something to do with, you know, he's basically, he's supposed to be Carter with Carter's, I guess, memories and feelings, but just evil, right? So maybe that's kind of like a testament to how well they know each other, that maybe that's why the evil Carter knew, and that's why he was just, he said, screw it, I'm just going to act like myself. Yeah, he was acting like that with Allison, which, of course, she knew. And like you said, he probably did say, screw it, she knows it's not me. But he was acting like that in front of Kevin, and he Kevin didn't seem to pick up on the fact that there was anything different. Yeah. Well, it's like the fake Henry was acting, wasn't acting like normal Henry. You know, he was kind of acting like a little aloof. 
and I think that's where Allison kind of figured it out. Right, but Grace didn't. So, he comes to the jail like, well, hello, hey, how are you? You know, and Grace doesn't think there's anything wrong. Grace, good to see you. So, Henry, have you uh, thought about what I said? Of course. Could you remind me? Don't play. You are not responsible for me being locked up, which is why I'm not giving you a choice. If you say that you helped me leak classified information, I'll deny it. They have no evidence to hold you. They have no evidence to hold you. Charlotte's just making an example. Henry, I know what I did, and I can accept the consequences. I can't. I won't. And that's why I'm getting you out of here. I don't know if this was sarcasm or what, but when Carter was in the Jeep with Allison, why is he considered a great intellectual mind? Was he being sarcastic? What did he say? When Allison finds out this is actually the Matrix... When yeah. she's driving in the car before they crash into the roadblock? Yeah. You know, when he's telling her that it's the Matrix and, you know, he's in there because he's a great intellectual mind. So is everybody in town. So why is he considered a great intellectual yes, mind? Yes, or was he being sarcastic? I couldn't tell because he was evil, Carter. Yeah, it's good, yeah, it's a good point. I, I'm assuming there was sarcasm there. <laughs> Maybe he is. He's somewhat intelligent. He is. We know that. But the original purpose of the Matrix was to keep the most intelligent people in there to create things. So now they're keeping the whole town. I don't know. It was just funny. And so when Allison was running in the woods, do you think when she was hiding behind the tree, she could have breathed any louder? I know. I'm like, how does he not hear her <laughs> or, or see her leg sticking out from under the, the, the cliff over there or whatever? I know. Like, yeah, try and be a little more quiet. Right. And then even Fargo's car... When Allison first saw it, or was it Jack that first saw it? To no, be... Allison, when she came out of the woods, she saw the car. Right, but Jack saw it down. first, which is what made him turn around. It was right near the woods. And then he turned around, Allison came out, and Carter jumped out from behind a tree. She hits him and runs, and the car is still still coming down the road, but it, it was farther down. Do you know what I mean? I forgot that part. They didn't move from the spot they were in, but the car seemed like when Jack looked at it was right, almost right in front of the woods. When Allison runs out to the road, it's way down the road, and she had to flag him down. Yeah. I'm just surprised that she jumped in the car right away. She'd be a little more hesitant. To jump in the car with Fargo? Yeah. Knowing of what's going on. True. I didn't even think of that. You're right. I guess you got to take your chances. But yeah, I didn't even think of that. So, you were saying before, um, you know, when did all this body swapping happen? Apparently, they weren't being all that covert about it since the whole town went to Vincent. And they seem to know that Sheriff Carter and Andy are taking people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how you have the DOD there. Those guys just do a terrible job. How did they not? I mean, they, they were there pretty much the entire time, weren't they? Yeah. They had them leave because they said Grace was using her credit cards. So right. Some people track her down, but I mean, still... Which Fargo even said that doesn't make sense, and it doesn't. Yeah. But that was just a ploy to get them out of town because they didn't have their DNA on file, so they couldn't replace them. Shaw, Fargo's trying to explain something to him, and Shaw is going to tell Joe as soon as she shows up. Yeah. Well, if Fargo wanted Joe to know, he would have gone to Joe. There needed to be a little common sense there. Yeah. So do you have anything else? interested again to see how it ends because I like I said I completely I mean I, I know what the last scene is oh you do remember what the last scene is vaguely yeah. yeah I mean a lot of people say the last episode is rushed but and it and it is of course it is because they had to beg and plead for it and 
you could tell it was so last minute because I remember the DVD came out. Yeah. Because I always bought the DVD after the season ended, you know, but you had to wait for however long it takes for it to come out, probably six months or something. But the DVD came out the day after the last episode aired. Oh, really? So they were all done and had it ready to go, I guess. And then they added that last episode. Yeah. I'm curious as to why they just kind of wanted to end so abruptly. The Sci-Fi Channel just decided that, you know, that first they were going to have season five and season six. And yeah. then Sci-Fi Channel decided that they didn't weren't going to do season six. They were just giving them season five. And they gave them a certain amount of episodes. And then they just canceled it. Next- I'm assuming that it was doing pretty well still i think so but it, you gotta imagine it's an expensive show because of all the special effects so the, and there's a lot of jokes about that in the next episode about how they were supposed to have this many episodes well they do it in a different way but you know yeah. there's a lot of sci-fi channel bashing sort of not yeah. really because they were thankful to have that last episode, yeah, that last episode. but they had to beg for it all right so if you don't have anything else no i don't think so okay See you later. All right, bye. Here you go, and sorry about that whole freezer thing. We'll be taking next week off because DC, Doug, and I will be on a... Star Trek cruise. Yay, right? Yahoo-hoo! Yahoo-hoo! We'll be on a Star Trek cruise, so we will be back on March 11th. Bye, see you soon! Bye. Bye! Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at Eureka Rewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play. All right, for season. Five. Five. (laughs) Episode, what is it, 11 or 10? 12, I think. Oh, yeah. Episode 12, Double Take.